This is the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a podcast for creatives, for those who are beginning to be creative or those who have built a business around their creativity. Here, we allow creatives to tell their story about how they got to where they are today, and we give some tips on how to make your creative business better than it was yesterday. Hello, everybody. This is Kat Caldwell, your hostess for the Pencils and Lipstick podcast. And today is December 11th as I record this. I want to talk to you a little bit today about the year interview, right? We are coming to the end of 2021. And for, for on like one hand, I can't believe that we're at the end of this year. On another, I am grateful <laughs> to be at the end of this year. I'm really looking forward to 2022 sort of being like, a new leaf, a new chapter, a new book. <laughs> you know, I am looking forward to COVID just sort of weakening and not being at the forefront of everything all the time. There are so many other things going on in the world. There's so much world to explore and see and experience. And a lot of times when we are just trapped in by the COVID, I mean, it's been two years since we've been there and it, it's really hard to get past it, right? When it's constantly on the news and it's constantly causing you to reevaluate your plans and all that stuff. And I say that as somebody who tried really hard not to let it stop me from doing too much. I mean, hey, I went to Nepal, you know, my husband and I did that. We went to see family in Spain. We are safe. We know as much as, as we can, what we're doing. Yeah. We did kind of what we wanted on one hand on another there's still a lot that you can't do, right? So I'm looking forward to 2022. I'm not going to say going back to normal because I think that that's kind of a silly thing to say. Once you've experienced something great and great in the sense of enormous, like (laughs) very impactful on your life, there's no going back before that. And COVID has impacted all of us in many, many ways. So I wouldn't say that we would even really want to go back to 2019. We want to learn and process what has gone on and how we've changed through it. Is it for the better? Have we changed for the better? Have we sort of changed for the worse? Maybe, um, maybe mentally we're worse off than before. And we, you know, if we reevaluate that, we can get the help that we need. So yeah, we don't want to go backwards. We want to experience what we went through to process through it and then to go forward in it with that experience really held and understood by ourselves. And I think that as writers, we can A, do that easier for ourselves as we um, sit down with our pen and pencil or at the computer and just sort of brain dump and process through it, right? And we can, of course, we can get material out of that, but we can also use it just as a way to sort of evaluate what has happened. And then whatever material we get from those brain dumps or those exercises or writing just for mental health, whatever we take from that and bring out into the world, that's really where we shine, right? Because we help the rest of society understand or comprehend or process what has happened. We help as writers people see things that maybe they didn't see before, understand it from a point of view that maybe they hadn't thought of before. That's our talent as writers. That's what we do. That's what we contribute to this world, right? And I think that we can do that better when we are in a really safe mental place and a good mental place. So 
Along those same lines, I want to talk to you guys today about writing. And I want to ask you, who are you writing for? Because as we talk about being in the safe mental place to really be creative and be who we are and process things how we want to, we're always invaded by who we're writing for, who we're writing to. It's hard in this society that is so interconnected to not think about how others are going to perceive our writing. And if you are a writer who wants to make money from this, you kind of have to think about them, right? You you have to think about how editors are going to receive it, how readers are going to receive it. And that really dampers, it really puts this wall up in your creativity. This is something that I have noticed in myself. And that's why I really want to talk to you about it. Because when we realize that we are called to write, that writing is within us, that we are mentally better when we write, we are just, we know we're writers, whether you have published or not. If you have that feeling in you that like you feel better and more accomplished each day, if you sit down and write, then you're a writer. (laughs) That's my definition of a writer. The publishing can come later. The polishing can come later, but you're a writer if you feel that need and that urge to write. So to all my writers out there, published or unpublished, who are you writing for? It is a really difficult thing to write creatively, to be creative, just full-blown you. And yet the writers that we admire the most are the people who were pretty unapologetically themselves. They are the people that explored topics that others didn't want to. They had criticism because of it. They had storms and waves possibly of people burning their books or arguing with them, but they held firm. And I can't imagine that, you know, I mean, that's a lot of pressure, right? To change who you are, to have society not like your voice. (laughs) And for some reason, even when that hasn't happened to us, I've had nobody protesting me or burning my books, you know, I'm pretty bland on social media, I would say. Um, I I keep politics out of it. You know, I I want to write, I want to explore society and social issues. But I was starting to realize there are still things that people are going to disagree with you on. And because of that, because we know that, that voice in the back of our head is always sort of limiting us. It's always sort of pulling us back a bit. And I'm not even talking about writing, you know, the deepest, darkest parts of you or your biggest secrets, or I don't know. I'm not even talking about breaking the boundaries on, I don't know, sexuality or anything grand like that. There's been moments in our past in which people really had to break forth and write about things that were controversial. I'm just talking about being you, about writing what you want to write about. And it might, sound to somebody else to be very easy to write about perhaps your adoption from when you, you know, maybe you were adopted as a child and they think, well, yeah, you know, who cares? Write about it. It doesn't matter, but it's difficult. It takes courage to do that. 
writing about perhaps your parents' divorce or, or a parent not being there, or maybe a moment of abuse or years of abuse. It can even just be a spouse leaving you, a child not speaking to you. It could be just the moment of perhaps bullying or rejection that you felt. These moments in our lives that are known by a lot of people. It could be the day that you were too scared to walk into the interview. Maybe you want to write about that. Maybe it sounds silly to you. Maybe other people say, well, it's silly that it sounds silly to you. Just write it. And I want to talk to you about that voice. I know that it's real. It's very real. Maybe other people don't understand why it's holding you back. But to be perfectly yourself in that moment, even when you're alone in your office or corner or closet, wherever you write, to just fully be so truthful and be fully you is really, really difficult. And it takes a lot of courage. And we're not even talking about sending it off to be published. I don't know why there's this resistance to being fully you, how we still want to write something that if another were to read it, it wouldn't change their opinion about us, or they wouldn't argue with us, or they would agree with us. Let's just say that. If you have a blog, I'll use this as an example. How many times have you written on the blog and maybe had an opinion or maybe said something that you then went back and erased because it might be disagreed with, not even controversial, or you've had somebody disagree with you in the comments. You just don't want to deal with it anymore, right? And so you slowly chip away your voice. You slowly pat it down and make it sound like everybody else. How many times have you written uh, maybe a prose or poetry and maybe shared it with other people and you just think, or they didn't like it. Maybe you saw their faces or you got feedback on it and they didn't like it. I don't know about you, but I've, I've sat in circles in which after hearing even the feedback to another person's piece, I have distinctly thought I can't write about this, this, or this in this group because they won't agree with me because they just agreed with that person who is completely opposite to me. Have you ever been there? Yeah. I mean, we limit ourselves for all of these different things. It takes a lot of bravery to step out and write exactly what you want to write. If you're writing about your adoption or your abandonment or your abuse or your rejection, those people might still be alive. And you can't tell me that the idea in your head of them possibly reading it or somebody else possibly reading it and that freaking you out. You can't tell me that that doesn't happen to you. I, I can't be the only one. I mean, we are in an interconnected society in which if you put it out on Twitter, strangers are going to have opinions on it, right? So it's a very real thing. And so I just want to recognize that it's difficult, but I want to ask you, as we come to the end of 2021 and we're going into 2022, if you still want to be a writer, if, it, if it's still something within you, who are you writing for? And I'm asking 
myself. I'm literally staring at myself on the Zoom screen as I'm talking to you over the airways. Who are you writing for? Who do you want to write for? And what can you do to move towards that? I know a woman who is struggling over her her memoir, her book, her personal stories. And I think that it's very difficult to not obsess or worry about how it will be received when it's very personal. So even if you're not writing a memoir, I want you to stay listening because when you write a piece that is to the person you want to write for, it is in your real voice. It is really the story you have decided, okay, who am I writing for? I'm writing for me. I'm writing for young women. I'm writing for that girl I was at 16 or that girl I was at four. And if you're a man, that boy I was, that man I was. I'm writing for me. I'm writing because these are the things that really interest me and I want to write. When you actually do that, you can't tell that person that people aren't going to have reactions to it, right? Of course, the fear is real. But here's the thing too. If you don't write it, no one will ever read it. And if we focus more on the people who are going to reject it or judge it or disagree with it more than the person that it's for, more than the reader that it's for, the girl who is also adopted, the boy who's also adopted, the girl who was abused as well or rejected as well, the person who wants to see a light in the darkness, that wants to see hope, that wants to read that book because they think that it's hopeless. If you don't focus on them, you might never get it out. So who are you writing for? We need to keep that in front of our eyes for 2022. Who are you writing for? I also think that sometimes we are writing, we might not want to admit it, but we're writing for the grand gatekeepers because we want our book to be a New York Times bestseller. And wouldn't it be wonderful if Oprah Winfrey or somebody else wonderful that you admire had your book or commented on your book or shared your book on social media or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with putting up on your vision board or your wall that you want it to be a New York Times bestseller. I want to, you know, I would not mind Oprah putting it out there that she read my book. I would not mind anyone really putting out there that they read my book. I think that would be amazing. But it's a hindrance if when I sit down to write, that's who I'm thinking of impressing. The gatekeepers, the people who will take my book and give it a prize, put one of those little gold medal, gold stickers on it. Is that the Pulitzer? (laughs) So I'm far away from that, guys. Um, Well, there's lots of different prizes out there. What if I could say I'm a finalist or, you know, I'm... Runner up, or I don't know. If I bring those thoughts, there's nothing, see, like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it, dreaming of that, dreaming of attaining that. 
In fact, the reason that I study craft books and listen to those who are ahead of me and read books that are beautifully written is because I want to better myself. I want to get better. I want each book to be better. I want it to be better developed. I want the characters to be better developed. And I want it to be deeper in the writing and turn a phrase to be more beautiful and the vocabulary to be stretched. You know, I want to be better at my craft. I have a really big desire for that. I have a desire to be published in other, in magazines and have short stories published to get out there to the world. There's nothing wrong with that desire, having it up on your wall, having it a dream. But it is a problem when I'm sitting down to start a short story or to edit a short story or to think of a new one or a book or a poem. And the judgment of those gatekeepers is already sitting next to me. In fact, they're crowding me out of my chair. Because that is going to stifle my voice and it's going to stifle my words and my creativity. And it's going to skew the focus of who I'm writing for. Because the problem is you can't write for everyone. You cannot please everyone. Here's a case in point. I sent my second book, An Audience with the King, apparently to some sort of self-published, get on our list to be out there and we'll publish this list of all these self-published books that we wanted. must have been some sort of promotion. It wasn't necessarily a contest. And I had forgotten about it. Sort of remember going through the actions now. <laughs> but I got an email this last week that just kind of ruined my day. <laughs> I have to say, uh, it was not only, you know, an email of you have not been selected. Well, that feels great, you know, but okay, I can see that. But here's your review. And the person disliked my book. And not just disliked it, they disliked it intensely. And so as I read through, all the problems that they saw or all the reasons that they didn't like it. They didn't like my main character. They thought she was unlikable and that she made wrong choices and all these things, right? They had, they were very opinionated about it. This is why you were not chosen even to be a finalist. <laughs> I have to say my heart sank and I had to pause and take a deep breath before I continue reading. And I considered maybe not reading it, but you know what? I think it's better that I did. I printed it and I came back and journaled and then I came back and read it again. And I thought, okay, this, this person like, yeah, it's not getting better. Every time I read it, it doesn't get better. You know, like maybe it will magically have some sort of nice <laughs> phrase in there. And actually the person, I did find the part where they said the writing was adequate and actually beautiful at times, you know, like, okay, well, there's, there's that, but it, it, I had to spend a whole day processing it and I couldn't even present it to my group for about 36 hours. Cause I was still processing it, but case in point, this person did not like my book. And my first reaction was, well, maybe it's that terrible. I mean, maybe it is the worst book in the entire world. <laughs> That's how I felt maybe it really is just not even a book. I should take it off sale. I should just, who did I think I was writing that book? It's completely out of my genre. It's fantasy. And I think the reviewer was correct in that it was probably not categorized well because under fantasy are like a million subgenres. And this 
this, I don't know, list, this competition-ish thing that I had sent into had very generic categories. And I realized that because an audience with the king is based off of biblical and mythological ideas and stories and sort of mixes together medieval and modern day and sort of um, it's very speculative like that, that I need to specify the categories a bit better. And I resisted putting it sort of in because these categories are like religious mythological you know, if you're a writer who has published, self-published before, when you're on the back end of these Kobo and Barnes and Noble, and you have to choose your categories of where it's going to go. And it's like religious, mythological. And I resisted that because I thought, well, it's not, you know, it's not a preachy book, it's fiction. And I don't know, I sort of resisted this religious categorization of it. And I just embraced it at this point because <laughs> this person was a bit upset about the categories and I think they might be right, but regardless, they didn't like the book. Okay. And this is kind of a gatekeeper. I don't know who this person is. I don't know if they're male or female. I don't know their name. Don't know where they work. Don't know anything. Don't know their credentials, but they disliked it. And in my mind, being chosen as somebody that's going to choose a list of self-published books, they're kind of a gatekeeper. Right. And so my first reaction was, what would please the gatekeeper? Kind of, you know, we don't think in words like this, but our reactions, our emotions do this. What would please the gatekeeper? We'll take the book off sale. (laughs) It's not worthy of being on sale. It's not worthy of being out there. This gatekeeper doesn't, doesn't like it. And the greatest thing about having a group, which I highly encourage you to do, is once I had, sort of process through it. I'm not taking it off sale, obviously, because I realized I edited it and I had a full editor and I had beta readers and nobody hated it that much. (laughs) So no, I'm not going to take it off sale. And, and I, I told my group, the creative writing community, I said, you know, it's not Narnia. It's not even probably the best that I could do now because I've grown, because I've learned more things. It's a book I wrote in 2019 and it was the best I could do at the moment. And now I've grown and I can do more and I can get better. But let's use Harry Potter. The first book in the Harry Potter series is the worst book because it's the first one, right? The whole point for me as a writer is to refine my voice to get better at writing, to write more and more each year for myself, and that every book and every story more is the best that I can do at the moment, because that's about all that we can do. So yes, there are going to be people who don't like your stuff. And whatever, what are you going to do about it? Are you not going to write? Who are you writing for? Are you writing for the people who are going to dislike it or the people who are going to love it? Because there are almost 8 billion people in this world somebody's going to like it. It doesn't mean that you don't have to refine your grammar. It doesn't mean that you don't need to learn about plot, about what story is, the background of story, the backbone of story, how to tell a good story, you know, what attracts people, what keeps people listening in a story. Of course, you have to learn all these things and you have to continually grow and talk about them. But there will still be people who dislike your books. 
I like books that my mother hates that she thinks are boring. You know, people in, in the creative writing community, they love certain books that others dislike. If you're in a book club, you know this. Some people love a book, some people hate it. So who are you writing for? Who are you going to write for for 2022? I encourage you and myself to not write for the gatekeepers. They're not even necessarily part of your ideal reader, right? We're going back to the ideal reader, just sort of the basics of who's going to read your book? Who's your book for? Choose the one person that it's for. Choose the one person who you would be excited if they got your story in their hands because you really think that they'll love it. Who's that for? It doesn't matter what genre you're writing. It doesn't matter. If you're writing romance, the chances of a 40-year-old man liking it are like not at all. <laughs> so who cares? Why do you care about him? If you're a romance writer and a thriller reader reads it, they might not like your book. Who cares? If you're a thriller writer and a women's fiction, six-year-old woman doesn't like it, who cares? They're not your reader. They're not who you're writing for, right? We need to get back to that. And the thing is, you're going to get bad reviews. You just are. And you're going to need to process through it. And you're going to need to make decisions about it. And there are times that people will say, yeah, there's, there's mistakes in this. And you're going to have to decide, is it worth pulling off? You know, off sale, or maybe you haven't published it yet. Maybe you need more work. I mean, coffee stains, I worked on it, worked on it, worked on it, sent it off. I still had to work on it again. I had to make decisions with my developmental editor. What needed to change? What should I change? What was more opinion? What was I willing to risk? What was I willing to cut and really thought I needed to keep? And those are decisions that you just have to own, right? And you'll you'll get poor reviews. Some of you won't like coffee stains and you know that's okay. It's absolutely okay. So as you look back over the year, without judgment, because the, the year is gone. I can say, looking back, there are so many times, there are so many, you know, blog posts and drafts of essays, so many drafts on my computer that aren't right because, and I know it's because I wasn't focused enough on who I was writing for, that I allowed the voices to get into my head about, you know, trying to convince me to write for someone else, to write for the gatekeeper, to write so that everyone would like it, to write so whoever, you name it, instead of for me. Either there are times with just essays and personal things that I need to just write for me, for whatever I need to say. For my genre fiction, I need to write for the ideal reader and not for anyone else. So just think back, think back to the moments probably when you're frustrated with your writing. I can say that for me personally. It's kind of when I wasn't really clear and focused on the person I was writing for, on the reader I was writing for. I was writing for someone else that had nothing to do, had no business, that I had no business writing for because that's not what I actually wanted to do. I don't want to write journalistic blog posts. I don't want to write preachy blog posts. I don't want to do any of that, right? I don't want to have preachy essays. I want to write in my voice what I want to write about and for the group of people in this world that I've decided are my ideal readers. So think back, maybe in the frustrating moments, 
you allowed the gatekeeper's voices to whisper, to crowd you out of your seat. Maybe you allowed something on Twitter or at a book club or at a review critique group to really infiltrate your brain, which infiltrated into your creativity, which might have stunted your creativity, which might have frustrated your ability to write and focus. And then going into 2022, you know, think about what you might need in order to focus. I have to say, being able to admit to my group, you know, this happened to me and it it hurt, you know, and in fact, somebody in my group even said, well, your blurb's not very good. <laughs> like, and in fact, she said not to kick you when you're down, but your blurb, I don't like your blurb. <laughs> I said, well, well, maybe we should work on that. So we're actually going to do blurbs. If you're, <laughs> you need to find a group, you need to find this safe place where you can laugh where people can be honest with you, where they can even say things that might be shocking in the sense, but that you're willing to receive from them. For someone to say your blurb is not good enough. It's kind of shocking sometimes. It can be in in the wrong group, right? But in the right group, it turns into, okay, what do we do? And we sat down and we figured out a time in January where we're all going to come in and critique each other's blurbs and help each other because it's a safe group because we know that the end goal is for the other person to be better, to help them, to encourage them, right? Our hearts are in the right place. But I also was just grateful for the creative writing community and who gathered around me and just said, I'm sorry, that really sucks. That hurts. Because it does. And there isn't much else you can say about it, right? But to encourage me, no, no, don't take it off. Two people had read it and they said, no, don't take it off. It's a good book. It's not a life-changing book, <laughs> one of them said, but it's a good book. I, I'd give it to other people. It's definitely, you know, I like the character. She's not unlikable. You know, it made me think about other things. So find your group. Find places that are safe because you know that the other people have your betterment and your success in mind. Find a place where you can be reminded and encouraged about who you're writing for. Find a place that you can get feedback from safely from other people. Find a group. I think it will really help you a lot. I know a lot of writing is done alone. We are lonely creatures. But I would also encourage you, because of the last two years, because of all of the sort of strife going on in the atmosphere, the tension, this interconnected tension that we have, right? I would encourage you to find a group where you can talk to people, but also a place where you can focus on writing. And you know me. I'm all about the writing sprints. It really helps me. I think that if you haven't tried it, you should try it. There are actually quite a few groups, writing groups out there, critique groups, if that's sort of your jam, book coaching groups in which there's like group coaching. I mean, I know Emma Desi is doing group coaching in 2022. I know that Paulette Perhash, who's been on the show, she does writing sprints. And in the creative writing community, we do writing sprints and we do community at the same time. So I encourage you to find the place where you fit well. If you want to try writing sprints with us, 
You can click the link in the show notes there. They are completely open for the rest of 2022. They're completely free. You can come to as many as you want. You can meet the group. You can meet me. We're going to write. And I know Paulette for Hash has quite a few, especially if you're in the West Coast. And there's quite a few times she runs it with somebody else. I mean, I know that there's other people. I know Chris Fox does writing sprints. I don't know how well he does it with groups. I don't know. Amadesi is going to do group book coaching. So if that's kind of what you need, you need someone to push you along your book and for, you know, to be next to others who kind of need that as well, check her out. And there's lots of other people out there. You know, I don't have time to name every single person, but, you know, check out different groups and find the one that works for you because they are going to help you in those moments when you get off track of who you're writing for, when you get the bad review and you just need some encouragement and help processing, they're going to be those people who will come around you and encourage you to go further and further to find your voice and to find the stories that you want to write and to keep you on track of who you are as a writer, where you're going as a writer, and who you are writing for. I hope that makes sense. I want to encourage you to just take a moment today and think about your writing for the last year. Think about what you want to do in 2022. You can always email me. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on all the social media, of course, but you can email me. Let me know. What do you think about this episode? You can support this episode by going to patreon.com forward slash pencils underscore lipstick. You can be part of the group. I'm going to sort of make a little bit of a podcasting community, but If you are a writer, I encourage you to check out the creative writing community where we're going to sprint five days a week, every single week in 2022. We're going to have experts come in. In January, we're looking at blurbs together. (laughs) We do lots of things like that. We have marketing Fridays every other Friday in which we sprint our marketing goals. Um, We're going to actually start in January just with the year with book launching and how we're going to set that up because we can always learn from that. I can always learn from that. (laughs) We're going to do lots of things, but there are other communities as well. If you have any questions or want to chat with me about it, you can email me. Those links are below. I highly encourage you to find your voice, to be who you want to be, to write what you want to write, to write how you want to write, but to write your story in 2022 and finish up whatever you're working in 2021 by joining us at the writing sprints that are all free from now on until 2022. So have a wonderful week and I'll see you next week. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, 
you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.